All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we have a, another episode for you of the Skronko Wrestling Podcast. Um, again, just got to tell you guys, we really miss you. I'm um, I'm actually in my classroom at school where I'm I'm working from, but it is um, it's a ghost town in in my classroom, and we really miss you guys. And knowing you know wrestling was a few months away, and that's not the case right now, but we'll get there. And uh, we just want to really know that we we miss you guys. Um, we're really, really excited about um, this podcast episode that we're going to bring you today. And uh, I'm going to let Coach Lane say hi, and then uh, then we'll let you know who we are very, very honored to have on the podcast today. Hey, uh, same thing. Miss you guys so much. Miss all my wrestlers, my students, uh, all the families, all the interactions. I've been getting some uh, a lot of a lot more chatter from the students and wrestlers lately now that school started back. But uh, again, uh, make sure you guys are staying safe and not going outside right now because the smoke is just full of sky or full in the sky right now. So um, it's not really safe to go outside and exercise or anything. So take care of yourselves, take care of your families and, um, you know, and make good decisions. Miss you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I decided to go out for a ride yesterday morning and I feel like I smoked a pack of cigarettes yesterday, but uh, definitely wasn't as bad as it is today, but maybe not the best decision. Mm -hmm. All right. We are, I think we we probably mentioned it a couple of times that we got our master's degree at the University of Missouri. I think once or twice we've mentioned that as we've gone through. Um, <laughs> um, but we are really excited. We have Dr. Gregory Sullivan with us today, and he is um, a teaching professor at the University of Missouri, and he is the new, I guess somewhat new, new director of the Positive Coaching and Athletic Leadership Program that Garrett and I and uh, Coach Lee went through. So we're Really excited. It's another uh, great thing about Twitter and social media that um, we were able to meet through through Twitter and, and ask him if he would come on um, and work with us. Uh, thank you so Dr. much Sullivan, for being on. Thank you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dr. Sullivan, um, prior to his current career in academia, he spent 20 years in financial services um, with a focus on commodity training, marketing, and project finance. Um, Dr. Sullivan completed his MBA with a concentration in sport business at Seton Hall University, while still employed in the financial services industry. He returned to school full-time where he earned his doctoral degree in sport management um, in the College of Education at, is it the Ohio State? And by law, we have to say that, yes. The, yes, yes, <laughs> a capital V, the Ohio State University. Upon graduation, Sullivan became a faculty member in the Department of Health and Sports Sciences at Otterbein University, where he's recognized as Teacher of the Year, tenured, and promoted to Associate Professor. Nice in 2016, Dr. Sullivan completed his Master's in Applied Positive Psychology and accepted a position as Associate Professor and Program Director in the College of Business at Ohio University. While at Ohio, Dr. Sullivan directed the Professional Masters in Sports Administration Program, which was recognized in 2019 by Sport Business International as the number one online sport graduate program in the world. He is wow. also the author of Servant Leadership in Sport Theory and Practice that was published in 2019. And I believe uh, that program at Ohio was one of the programs we looked at when we were uh, looking for our master's program as well. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different. It's, it's more business oriented, um, more, right. um, but, uh, but a, a really quality program and a good college of business. Yeah. Awesome. So, so welcome. Um, I think before Garrett, really quick, before you got you get to uh, your first question, um, I'm just curious, how did you end up at, at Missouri? What was that process like? Well, you know, it, it um, as you mentioned, I, I went back to um, to school. My wife was thrilled, by the way. <laughs> I bet. For yet another master's degree in, in, in applied positive psychology. So 
Um, I, there was one course in particular that, that, that I taught and was really well received at OU, and that was, um, you know, kind of a leadership course. And I was embedding a lot of these ideas. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I had no idea this program even existed um, until, um, you know, I, when uh, the prior director, Brandon Orr, decided to leave. And someone contacted me and said, have you looked at this? Do you know, do you even know and if this program exists? And uh, so I started investigating and, um, you know, as you guys know better than anybody, this is a truly unique program. No one else is doing this. And so when, uh, you know, as, as much as I love my position at OU and as much uh, success as we were having there, uh, when I saw this program at a quality um, university like, like Missouri, I just jumped at the chance. So Awesome. That That's so awesome. So as I guess just people that got there before you, welcome to to Missouri. And we, if you've ever heard Garrett and I talk about the program, we, uh, it was life-changing for us. And you're right, very, very unique program and professors. And I guess it would be necessary for them to be very positive in a positive coaching program, (laughs) but just, um, just everyone was great. You know, it was not, I did not feel like I was online for one. I did not feel like I was, um, all the way across the country. So it's, it's a very, very, uh, life-changing program that we both, uh, went through. And that, goes right my, that goes right into my first question. Uh, when we were there, we had to take two positive psychology classes. And that was a brand new concept to me. Because, you know, I remember in the past taking psychology is all about like what was like wrong with people, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I loved, loved, loved those classes. And now, and you have a major, huge background in positive psychology. Um, and obviously positive coaching with this whole entire program. And we're huge supporters and we fully believe in and buy into positive psychology, positive coaching. However, out there in like the coaching world where I'm interacting with other wrestling, we're both wrestling coaches. Um, a lot of other coaches in other sports as well. There's, I feel like I've really heard a lot of uh, negative and a lot of misconceptions about what positive psychology is and what positive coaching is. And I didn't know if you could, if you can address those misconceptions by defining what positive psychology is and positive coaching is and what it is to you and and why it works and why it's so beneficial and important for coaches to adopt. Well, Garrett, if I can't answer that question, then I have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, and, and and it's a, and that's a great question. And I think that, um, um, so my, my personal uh, take on positive coaching is that, that we can have, optimal performing athletes and optimal optimal performing followers without sacrificing their well-being. And I think that um, there's been a lot of um, a lot of coaching that has that has that has uh, made optimal performance possible. But there's been a you know, tremendous sacrifice. You know, there's there's a great video out now, a great documentary um, by Michael Phelps. And it's on HBO about uh, it's called, I think it's called the weight of gold and it's uh, about, you know, Olympic athletes who are suffering, you know, they're, 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 you know, these are, these are the best of the best world-class athletes who are just suffering with, with all sorts of, uh, of emotional and psychological issues related to how they've been coached and, and, and the expectations and things like that. So I think that the primary premise of this program and Rick McGuire, I'm sure, you, you know, you, you, you know, his work is that they're not mutually exclusive, that we can be 
you can, you know, you can use these tools to bring out the absolute best in somebody and not, not even just, just in terms of athletics, but, you know, becoming one's best self and still being the, the best uh, athlete and best follower or coach administrator that you can be. That's fantastic. Um, I think for, for me, one of the biggest changes for me when I went through the program was um, learning how to use wrestling, using sport as a tool to build the social social and emotional well-being um, of each of my athletes, every single one of them, right? Using that as a tool to get these experience and making them better uh, human beings because of their interactions with me and their teammates and their experience with me. And I love how you said it's not mutually exclusive, right? Um, I'm not win at all costs, right? It's I want to I want to help each individual grow as a human being, right? And put their needs first, kind of like what you, I know you talk about it a lot in servant leadership, but I'm put, putting their needs first, right? And as at the, while at the same time focusing on my own needs, but, um, but if we focus on each individual and their own process and helping them maximize their own potential, the wind, the winds will take care of themselves instead of preaching when at all costs and being outcome oriented, um, a lot of the winning just takes care of itself. And one thing I changed too is I don't sit there and preach like we have to win state or we have to win this. It's not all about the outcome. It's all about the process throughout this. But um, I love how you said it's not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Well, what I like to share with coaches is that, that winning, winning is never the goal. Winning, winning is, is a byproduct. Winning is an outcome. So winning is what happens when we achieve our goals. And so the um, you know the great coaches have um, have this ability to to really view the teaching, the the relationships, the practices as paramount. And then what happens after that are the res- you know the result of of being of being able to do that at a really high level. You know I think that um, that you know we can't lose sight of the fact that we when we look at, at leadership in general, that we have, um, we have a concern for production. We, so we, uh, you as a, as a wrestling coach, you've got to teach, you be a really good teacher of wrestling. You know, you've got to teach the moves, you know, the, the, the training, you know, the diet, the sleep, all that stuff. Um, but we also have to have a concern for people. And that's what this program really focuses on is the, is the, you know, that, we, and, and we don't spend, you know, and, and, you know, to be totally candid, we don't spend a tremendous amount of time on, on, on coaching as we do uh, um, uh, as much as we spend on, on people. And, and yeah. I think that, um, you know, th- there are a lot of different ways to learn how to be a wrestling coach, a swimming coach, a basketball coach, mm-hmm. but th- there's not, there doesn't seem to be a tremendous amount of opportunities to learn how to, how to coach people. And, you know, I think that, you know, we often lose sight of the fact that we are coaching people. And, yeah. and a lot of times we just, you know, a lot of coaches just see them as athletes. And they're going to be athletes. I mean, they're going to be people well beyond their their athletic career. And, and what kind of impact are we having? You know, mm-hmm. think about um, the life of a, of a high school athlete. You know, it's it's really challenging. You know, there's um, you know they get up early, they go to school, they have, they have, they have, they have practice, they go home, they do homework. You know, the, the if, imagine if we can make it our goal as a, as a coach that you know the, the hour and a half, two hours that we have them is the best two hours of the day. You know, we work hard, we have fun, we, you know, we, we build relationships and, 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 you know, and, 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 you know, like they look forward to those two hours of the day. That's, I think that's really special. And I think that's the opportunity that we have. You know, I think um, 
it, when you mentioned optimal performance as well, we know from what we do and the way we do things through positive coaching that this does get optimal performance because we do treat them as people. So we, we help yes. them grow. Yeah. So we, we make them the best that they can be through their effort and, and the way we're treating them as people and bringing that performance out of them um, athletically and just on a day-to-day basis in the classroom, in their relationships with their families. And really that's the goal is to, to make them better at all of those things and help them grow in those ways as, as leaders. Absolutely. And it and really I, takes us into our, Oh, I was going to say, Dana and I are really lucky where um, we're both on campus teachers. Uh, we're, you know, the, the campus where we coach at. So we get to have interactions with our with our athletes all day long and have those conversations where it's not only about sport, right? It can be, uh, I, I, we love to, I love to walk around at lunch and just like hang out with the kids and their friends to see who they're hanging out with and right. talk to them about anything except the wrestling or sport, unless they want to talk about it, you know? But, um, but like you said, treating them, treating them as people. And um, I love what you said is work hard, have fun and build relationships. Like that is... You just described my approach like very specifically. Um, I, I love that. That's really good stuff. But you, you're, you know, you raise a really interesting point, Garrett, and that's about um, you know that we've professionalized high school coaching. That we bring in, you know, I, I was um, uh, when I was teaching, I was on, I was about to take sabbatical leave to do some research. I got a call from the um, local high school principal. Um, they, they were in a bind. They needed an AD for a year. So they, they said, would you use your sabbatical leave to be our AD? So I stepped in this high school, 2,000 kids. Um, I think the, the high school, Upper Arlington High School in, in Columbus, Ohio, has more state championships than any high school in the country. It's, it's, you know, and so I guess the polite way to, to term these parents is that they're um, engaged. <laughs> they're involved. <laughs> they're involved, right, right. But, you know, the, the, um, it's the, and, and, and it's, it, the, the level is, um, it, it, get, it gets so intense that a lot of people that teach in the building don't want to coach there because they don't want to get involved with all the, the other stuff. And, and I think, you know, that's, that, so then we bring in coaches, you know, who are basically professional coaches who have only one way to measure their success. And that's, that's to get as many W's as possible. And, and there's a cost to that, yeah. you, know, you know, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's so we're losing, you know, that, that, that double threat teacher coach. Um, and, and I, I think that's really hurt high school sports in a lot of ways. You know, I think what's, um, we have a very lucky situation. I coach at the middle school and Garrett coaches at the high school. So we really have this theme of positive coaching and what we're doing throughout the kid's career because our, our, the little kids we do get in our program come from the same group of coaches. We pick them, we bring them in. Um, We really have a lucky kind of unique situation where we have very positive people involved with, with leading our kids throughout the whole time they decide that they want to wrestle really. So, and, and Dr. Right. Sullivan, um, also, I was thinking as you were saying all, all this stuff is that uh, a lot of coaches don't have, have tra- training, like real high level training on how to treat their athletes as people. And like you said, they're focused on, they think their only measure of success is by how many wins they have or how many championships they have. And most coaches I know, and I did this when I first started coaching, I coached in the ways in which I was coached. Coaching is, is caught. It's not taught. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a great way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. And then going through this program, you know, and just maturing before this and reading books and, and, 
learning as much as possible from other coaches, but then going through this program and learning how to treat my athletes as people and focus on so many different aspects versus just wrestling and the skill, right? There's so many other areas of focus on. I think you're just touching on that, that perfectly. So that's good. That's good. Thanks. Let's, um, let's go into your area that you've obviously written a lot about and the idea of a servant leadership and that we put those that we lead as our highest priority and how we're dealing with. Can you talk a little bit about the, the characteristics that go into being a servant leader? Well, I think a, um, you know, a servant leader doesn't need, doesn't have this uh, incredible need for power. They're more about empowerment. Um, a servant leader is really, um, they, they see it as an obligation, an opportunity uh, to, to make sure that, the, um, that the, the, the growth and well-being and autonomy of their followers or their athletes in a coaching, in his coaching setting are, is, is paramount. And, and that's really, I, I think, you know, I, I'd like to say it's a, a unique individual, but I, you know, it's really funny, um, Dana, when, when, um, uh, when people are, are, you know, really do some um, exploring into servant leadership, they say, no, you know, that really feels very comfortable to me. That's really why I got into coaching. That's really why I, um, you know, because it, it wasn't about, um, you know, how many notches I could get on my belt and things like that. I just really wanted to have, you know, be, you know, be around kids, build relationships, enable them to have great experience. And, and, and um, so, I think there's there's a there's a tremendous hunger for um, uh, for coaching uh, philosophies that are really other centered and you know and, and as you guys know from studying positive psychology that you know the 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 ways that we get to experience well being is through this very simple premise that other people matter and the more that we are able to coach from a, a servant uh, perspective. Um, we really see, we reap the benefit of that, you know, that the more we're really being um, attentive to their needs, the better we feel, you know, and selfishly, the better, the, the more it does for us. It's, it's a, it's an incredible, uh, it's an incredible paradox that the more we do for others, the better we feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I was, as I'm looking at those characteristics, I, I think you're right. It is a natural thing that when you want to, you have those characteristics within you and you want to find an outlet um, to make to make that a, a growth experience for yourself and to fulfill your own life. And how am I going to make a difference in life? Am I just going to go out there and get wins or notches on my belt? Or am I going to truly make a difference in other people's lives um, in a way that's powerful? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when I coached a, um, a freshman basketball team, and the first day of practice, I had the kids close their eyes and said, okay, this is your first day of practice as a freshman basketball. We're going to do something a little unusual. I want you to think, close your eyes and think about senior day, four years down the road. What are they going to say about you on senior day? And so, you know, they started thinking about that. And, and I said, okay, what do, we, what do we need to start doing today that enables people to be able to say that four years down the road? And I think, you know, when I talk to coaches, it's kind of the same thing that think about, think about your retirement dinner or, have, or you know, or heaven forbid, your, your funeral. Yeah. What, yeah. what, are, the, what are the eulogies going to be like? Yeah. You know, hey, you won a lot of games. All right. End of story. Thank you. You know, yeah. or this person touched my lives. This person made me a better person. 
this person, um, you know, brought out my best. This person taught me lessons that I that I use to this day. You know, there was a, uh, the Division Three uh, college football um, championship game is named after a guy named Amos Alonzo Stag. It's the Stag Ball. And um, he he was a coach in the 20s and 30s, and he used to win, you know, they used to go undefeated every year. And so they asked him, they said, um, coach, are you a great coach? And he said, you know, I won't know for 20 or 30 years. Wow. Meaning, I won't know what kind of people these are. Will they, you know, will they become good citizens, good, good husbands, good fathers, yeah. good, you know, good lawyers, doctors, policemen, firemen? Like, you know, I won't know until then. And, and so that's that's a great perspective to have as a coach. And, and, and it's so much bigger than, you know, as, as coach McGuire said, you know, winning is, is, is all a part of this, right. You know, like yeah. we're, we're going to have a wrestling meet and, and I, I would come up to you and say, you know, you know, we won a whole bunch of meets before this. It's your turn. You know, that's not, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I, it is about perspective and I, and I think that, that that's really important to have. I love that. Yeah. And um, that's so good. Cause you know, one one of our values that we have at our team, it's it's written on the on the wall, it's on our shirts, is uh, is resilience, right? And um, and and part of res- resilience is dealing with adversity, or maybe dealing with a loss, or 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 plateaus, or anything, right? And um, how you respond to events, and to to me, that's a lifelong skill that I'm trying to build within each of my athletes is is that resilience and. Uh, maybe they get fired from a job or they lose a relationship or they have a loss and being able to accept that. And um, you're, you know, not that it's acceptable, but accept the, the new reality and, um, and respond in a way that they'd be proud of long-term later on um, as a result of that. Right. And um, I love, and that's a type of skill that I won't know if I made that difference or that positive impact on my athletes until <laughs> later on. Right. And, and I, and I love seeing alumni that come back and like say positive things about their interactions with me. That's one of my favorite parts of coaching is, is seeing those alumni. And we have a ton of alumni that come back to our program, both of our programs forever help with our fundraiser and everything. So, and families, it's wonderful. But um, yeah, that's a great quote. I'm glad, I'm glad that you shared that. Appreciate my, that. My youngest son was uh, was being recruited to play uh, basketball by a number of uh, Division One schools, and we we visited one school. And this coach was uh, he's a pretty well known coach, and um, he um, you know a lot of accolades, national coach of the year, that type of stuff. Wow. And he um, on his on his wall, he had all of the wedding invitations from his wow. like. Wow. I can't tell you how many. And he said, that's, that's my most important. That's my, that's, that's how I, that's how I measure my success. You know, um, conversely, I, I worked in the same building as a coach, uh, won national championships, um, won over 700 games. Um, and um, never, very rarely saw an ex player stop by. There was no, there was no alumni events and, and I, and I saw how he treated his players and I, and I can only imagine that they were very happy to get the heck out of Dodge when, when, that, <laughs> yeah. when that was all said and done. Yeah. yeah. Um, that goes right into my next question uh, about coaches who build relationships and care for their athletes and put, put their needs first. Um, right now in this time, I mean, we, our school shut down on March 13th and 
we're allowed to have zero practices, zero workouts, not like nothing going on with our kids. And, um, we're trying our best to communicate with them still and send positive messages out and reminders and keep those relationships the best we can. But, um, in this time of quarantine, shelter and pace place concerns about COVID and mental health issues. And, um, what would you recommend in supporting the well-being of our athletes and, um, our, even our coaching staff and even our, our own well-being during this whole entire situation that we're in right now? Well, I, I, that's, that's a, obviously that's a timely and great question. Um, you know, one thing that, um, that, you know, and I guess maybe I'm a little bit old school, but, um, you know, one thing that, um, that I think is really important is to, um, is, 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 you know, to show our athletes that our support and our love for them is unconditional, that even though they can't perform for us right now, how can I reach out to them? And, and I, you know, I, I think there, there's still to this day, nothing better than a handwritten note. You know, just a pen, a quick note. I was thinking of you. I hope you're doing well. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you know, you know, coach thing that, you know, that, 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 that's, you know, that's something that just, you know, lives with people forever. Um, you know, I, I also think, you know, you talked about resilience and, and one of the, um, one of the, the hallmarks of, of, of resilient people is, is, is optimism. And, and to really, to, to really look at your own, your own optimism and, um, and seeing where it stands and, and, you know, to, to, you know, to, to realize that this is something that's, and optimism is, is an interesting thing because we need to be optimistic and we need to be realistic at the same time. There's a, something called the Stockdale paradox where there was a, um, a guy, Admiral Stockdale, who was in the Hanoi Hilton during the Vietnam War uh, years. And he said, you know, the guys who always thought they were going to be home by the next holiday were the ones that 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 didn't survive in this POW camp. But the ones that were 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 optimistic yet realistic were the ones that survived. So I think that in in the midst of this pandemic, that um, we need to be realistic about what's going on and how long this is going to be is going to be with us. But to know that at some point we're, we're going to get back to a level of normalcy, uh, you know. When that is, I have no idea. But so I think, you know, that, that um, really kind of checking into your, um, um, with your optimism. You know, the other thing is that um, is in the midst, in the midst of, of, of crisis become, comes opportunity. And so, to, you know, it would be kind of a, a shame for us as coaches, administrators, and even for, for, for athletes to look back on this time and not having taken advantage of it somehow. You know, not having read more, learned more, you know, um, something, something that you're curious about um, and to take advantage of that and say, you know, that, you know, I, you know, I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons and, 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 you know, and try and try, you know, try and do something. So I think, um, you know, that's that's been my approach with um, with this. And, and you know, it, it's it's you know, I, I think don't try and resist the negative emotions that you're feeling. Don't try and resist being sad. Don't try and resist being anxious. Um, th that's exactly how you should be feeling right now. Yep. Um, but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that's, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's, a you know, emotions is, um, is really a, an under, 
undersold idea in in, in 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 our school systems, and even I think um, you know as I go forward in this program, I think we need to do more with understanding and utilizing emotions. And yeah. and, and I think that's um, you know we as coaches have to reach out to our athletes and say you know you should be feeling sad, you should be feeling anxious right now. That that's 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 what you know that's what you should be feeling in the midst of the pandemic. But I'm here to I'm here to I'm here to you know if you need someone to talk to. Um, and, um, you know, we can figure this out together. You know, I, I, I love right now you hear the, the term all the time that it's okay to not be okay right now. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have to fake it. Um, and also thing on that other end, we need to make sure when we're talking about well-being that it's okay to not be okay, but let's, let's work on it. Let's, let's help each other through it. Not just wallow in what's happening. Like you're talking about, t- take it as an opportunity. So, okay, I'm not okay right now. What can I do to be better than I am in this moment? Is it doing more reading, more research, jump into something I wanted to learn that I don't know how to do, um, whatever that case may be. And I, I just think that's critical um, to our own well-being at a time like this and for ourselves and to be examples of it, you know? Right, right. Well, yeah, I, I, so just one, one quick example that um, I've always kind of danced around uh, mindfulness, mindfulness training. Yep. yep. And I jumped in with both feet. Soon as the, as soon as the pandemic started, I said, okay, this is my opportunity. So I think I'm on 183 straight days of, uh, of meditating. And, and wow. you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's, for me, it's everything they, they purport it to be and, and more. And so I, I think uh, that, you know, that's, 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 that's just one really good example of what we can be sharing with our athletes. You know, I, I love that you say that. That is a big, big thing I took out of the program um, in doing some work on, um, on mindfulness. Um, and I, I've found this, um, app that I use and I'm every day I do some mindfulness meditation or a mindfulness walk, or I listen to it while I'm writing, but in some way I do that. And it brought it into my classroom with my kids when we were in, we do homeroom, started bringing that in with them. And it's one of those things where once you get somebody to buy into it and they can stick with it for a little bit and you start feeling the difference. And I just feel like for me, it, it slowed me down a tick mentally instead of reacting to everything immediately it is the practice has put me in a mode of okay how are you going to react to this and what's the best way to react to this and it's really really changed um the way i deal with people and relationships and with my students and with my colleagues and and how i deal with things and i for the better absolutely it's it's just been a really great thing that that i took out of the program even before all this the quarantine and everything i started incorporating uh uh a lot of mindfulness techniques in my classroom with my students every day. We just start out class and do some mindfulness, like just to relax and like feel the feels and focus, you know, like, you know, start with your toes all the way up your body. Mm. And then I, every single time, hundred percent of the time by the, within like five, 10 minutes, it's the class is so calm and quiet and relaxed. And they're just so present with me at that time. And then taking advantage of all that positive energy right there. And um, one thing that my family, we've been doing a lot is going on walks through our neighborhood without devices. And with our two young girls, our girls are seven and five. And uh, my wife and the kids will go out there. We'll, we'll try and find, we'll try and savor like three, savor the moments and find beauty in like three or four different things. Like specifically, on the way the leaves are moving on that tree or a garden. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're there, you're there, you're present. You're so present, right? And then you just kind of forget about your life and you're in that moment specifically. 
and it's just so nice and relaxing. You come back and I was happy, you know, a lot of times it's after dinner, we go on a little walk and just do it. It's just us, you know, it's beautiful. And I, I never, I learned that in the positive psychology class I took at Mizzou on how to do that. And I started doing it. I just bought into it. I love it. And um, it's good stuff. I love that. And, you know, and we can, we can sell it to athletes pretty easily, you know, that, um, well, you know, they talk about Phil Jackson as the uh, the Zen master. All he was preaching was 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 mindfulness. You know, he was, right. uh, you know, and and and, and um, if we want our athletes to be uh, to be able to respond rather than react, you know that you know that we can we can widen that. that gap between stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. It's, it's got to make you a better wrestler, right? I mean, oh, right you know, on. all right, he's doing this. Oh. Okay, I've got to do this, you know, instead of, and, and you respond rather than react. We are it's, so, I'm so focused on wrestling about what's happening right now, this second with, say we get taken down, the other guy took us down, the other guy got two points, or girl, right? And um, a lot of people, they, they can't get over that they just got taken down and the other person scored points, but that's in the past. We can't change it. What's happening right now? Okay. What's happening right now? Like you said, he's moving my arm this way. So that's this. I accept it. Right. And this is my moment now. And we, and we use like cues and specific, you know, task cues on how to do that if they start losing focus and stuff. But that's my new reality is the second and doing that mindfulness stuff in other parts of their day and not just in that moment. Right. Helps build that. So um, oh, I love that. It's good stuff. That's really good. That, that, expanding that moment that you're talking about that's exactly that slowdown that i'm i'm right. referring to is that something happens just that you've stretched out that little moment just enough to where you respond instead of react and that's a huge difference a and response a, is way different than a reaction that's yeah. to tie it back to uh, positive coaching and positive psychology so that if they're in an environment where they're getting a lot of positive emotions positive, positive reinforcement that enables research has shown that really enables a higher level of positive self-talk so that when you are mindful you're listening to your brain and right and and you're getting more of that positive self-talk so that's you know again it's just another way to optimal performance without sacrificing well-being yep absolutely so let's take that kind of sorry about that into that next step of um you mentioned like looking to do something new and get learning something new so that's going to take some motivation. So in a time when, especially like I, I'm seeing already like motivation dip in my, my middle school students as we're talking to each other through a screen and it's so different. They want to be here. Um, how, how do we build that motivation when we're, when we're in a time like this and a lot of people are responding with, you know, what's the difference? I'm not at school anyway. It doesn't matter. Or I can't practice anyway. So why am I worried about wrestling stuff? Um, how do we, how can we work on building that motivation in, in our athletes and our students and you know our, ourselves um, well, to seek that improvement? You know, I think that, um, you know, you remember from your, uh, you know, to really dive a little bit deeper into the theory side of it, you remember self-determination theory, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so, you know, so it's about need satisfaction. And so what kind of things can we do, um, you know, first of all, like from the, um, from the autonomy side? you know, the needs satisfying your autonomy, finding out what things are they curious about? What, what, you know, what kind of things are they, um, you know, are they interested in, you know, to, instead of saying, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, we, we tend to, as teachers assign things. I I want everybody to read this book or everybody, you know, yeah, like, like, you know, like, 
let's let's get some feedback from them. What what are what are some things you're interested in? What what would you like to do with this time? Um, and then to you know the and then also the, the you know the other need for um, for relatedness or belongingness is that you know let's do it together. You know let's let's form a group. Um, and I, and I think you know that's that's you know it's it's really challenging to um, to do things on your own. You know particularly and you know. And, and you know, when we're when we're when we're being socially distanced or or otherwise, um, so I think you know something along those lines that um, you know it, it's it's got to come from them, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then to to you know to be able to do it with um, with with other people, I think is is really important, um, and um, you know, and then you know to to set um, to set goals, I think you know mm-hmm. is, is is really important and. and um, there's been a lot of really interesting research on goals. You probably um, in the program learned about smart goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been a lot of really interesting research. Um, this one uh, researcher named uh, Gabrielle Odichen, and she she devised this um, uh, model called WOOP, W O O P, and it's about um, it's about the the wish. It's about what I, what what the outcomes will be if I achieve that. You know that if I if I achieve that wish. But it also, right from the very start, talks about obstacles. Like, what are the obstacles that I'm going to run into? Well, let's say that um, it's um, it's it, you know it's about starting a running group or starting you know something like that. And to say, okay, well, what are the obstacles? Well, the weather's an obstacle. All right, what, how, how do we plan for that? Um, you know, the um, I, I may not feel like doing it some particular day. That's an obstacle. How do we plan for that? And, and to really get all, you know, to be as honest as we can as to why we not may not want to do whatever the uh, the activity is, and plan for those obstacles. And then we we, we find that it's it's been really a way to, to kind of ratchet up and achieve more goals. That's so good. That's awesome. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that. It's it's really interesting research, and you know, it's so you know that um, let's say one of your wrestlers, your your, your uh, wrestlers are. Um, the fall sport, correct? Yeah. Winter, winter sport, okay. and now it just got moved to spring because of okay. the. <laughs> Let's say traditionally a winter sport, you know. Yeah. So there, there's there's a sizable break in there, right? When when you're not seeing your wrestlers, and and you want them to to work out, to run, whatever, um, and then so you you would set a goal, and then you know, and think about what the outcomes would be, and then you know, the obstacle to let's say to running every day is you know. I, I in the, the night before I go to bed, I put out my running stuff. So it's the first thing I see when I get up in the morning, and I really don't have an excuse to put it on and go out for a run. Um, you know, and it, that that type of thing that, that enables us to, um, to, to you know to achieve more. But it um, it's it's really you know the the it's it's um, I, motivation is uh, is is really tricky when you're when you're isolated. Yeah, and when you're really not, you know, you're really kind of ruminating and on 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 how bad things are, and so I think you know I think that we have an opportunity to 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 enable others to be a little bit more optimistic. I think uh, one thing I noticed a few times because I had a couple dips where I caught myself. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was struggling with with being on lockdown as well. Then I saw other people who seem like they're so motivated they're I mean just doing all this amazing stuff and it kind of like demotivated me for a second and then I was you know I was like oh, I was like man it made me feel worse about not doing as good as I should have been doing and then I kind of like paused and 
you know, kind of accepted all my reality and took a growth mindset instead of like the fixed mindset approach to it, right? Instead of comparing them and not being happy for them, I was happy that they were doing those those cool things. Like, well, good for them. And now, what can I do to kind of help myself to get remotivated again? And even chatted with my wife and started writing down. And, and I love what you said about putting your clothes out or your running shoes out the night before. Um, one thing I've learned is because. Uh, especially during wrestling season or during the masters, you know, I have a million things going on all day long. So what I would do is I would write down everything I have to do the next day before I went to bed. So when I woke up at 1am, it wasn't like, Oh shoot, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this. And then it keeps me up forever. I would wake up at one. I was like, oh, I already know, you know, I already know what I have to do the next day. I don't have to, it doesn't start ruminating in my brain and keeps me up forever. Right. And, um, and during the season, you know, like I, I would, I caught myself. I'm, I went up forever. I bar- I was barely sleeping because I was just thinking about the million things I had to do. But that was one for me specifically, writing down my whole list of everything I was going to do the next I'm day. I'm a big to-do list guy myself. Yeah. yeah. And doing <laughs> and I think before I go to bed is huge. That's for me, you know. Yeah. It's, it's and really I, good. I think those, low, those lists keep you motivated too because you've put it down on paper, right? And said, I'm going to do this today. And it makes it more likely at the end of the day when you're getting a little bit tired, it's like, oh, I got that one thing left. I can't leave one thing sitting on that list, even though I'm tired, you know, kind of motivates you to, to get that done. All right, Coach Lane, the toughest question of the whole interview, our, our traditional question. Right. The, before I get to that, but um, I want to thank, thank you, Dr. Sullivan, so much for being on here. It's been really enjoyable, really informative. Freaking awesome. I, I, I have about a hundred more questions. I want to, I want, I want to talk to you about values-based action. I want to talk to you, which I use a lot for the kids. I, I was thinking this whole time about how we model these things with the, with the wrestlers as well. We don't just say it, we, we do it. And, that, and that, builds, that builds trust, right? That's a, yeah. a absolute especially with us. Cause we're, I mean, we're going to hotels, we're sitting in tournaments for eight hours a day or teachers on campus. So they see us not only saying these things, but, doing these things and even interacting with their families and their parents and, and always being myself, not being fake, you know, like, so I'm the same person, um, all the time. But anyway, I could, I could go off forever, especially since I'm the expert like you on here just to like expand my mind. So it's been really, really awesome to sit here and listen to you. I really appreciate it. But, um, the, the most challenging question of the day is what are your favorite hot wings, the best hot wings you've ever had in your life? Your favorite hot wings? Hot wings? Yeah. Well, I can say I've been to the Mecca. Okay. <laughs> I've been to the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. So, okay. so I, I've got to go with the Anchor Bar. That's, uh, Anchor you know, Bar. That's, we never had that answer. That's good. That's, yeah. I'm really that's, what, that's where they were, you know, Buffalo Wings. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, 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 the epicenter. That's where they came from in that particular bar. It's a dive. Cold beer, hot wings. It's it's uh. Well, that's definitely on my nothing uh, better. Nothing better. (laughs) Celery, blue cheese, the whole (laughs) one. That's it, Doctor Sullivan. We cannot thank you Uh, enough. We are. There's no doubting that we are big fans of Mizzou and the program, and um, and we're both super supportive of of what you're doing. And and if there's any way that we can ever be of help to the program or students, you know, we're here. And what you've talked about today is invaluable to us and to our our program and by program I mean our wrestlers and our parents and and all the supporters that we have so thank you for for taking some time I think you guys just started back didn't you 
So today's uh, first day. Yep. Yeah. So very busy day for you, and I I really really appreciate you you being here. So thank you very much. Well, this is really rewarding for me because I mean, you guys are the living embodiment of of what we're trying to do. You know, it's 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 really rare that you have an academic offering that is is impactful as this program is, and you guys are you know you guys are living it every day. So. It uh, it motivates me to uh, you know to to know that um, you know that uh, you know what you're doing is is you know the living and breathing of this this program. So yeah, I, and I'll, I'll say it was life changing. And that's I think that's if you really want to be a great coach, it's got to be about how you live your life and what you do. And and it truly made us all better people in what we do. So um so M I Z all the way. you. Um, thank you for being with us. All right. Thanks, guys. Dr. Sullivan, I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.